Hello and welcome to our church podcast for the fourth Sunday after Trinity. It's great to have your company once again as we worship God together. Please do join in with the responses using our service order, which you can download a copy of or catch up on any podcasts you may have missed from our church website, which is www.winsandchurches.org.uk. So at the start of this short service together, let's pause for a moment of silence and then we'll begin. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your presence to us, with us today. We gather before you as your people from wherever we are. We know that you are with us and that by your spirit you lead and inspire us. So help us, Lord, to live and work to your praise and glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we come to a time of confession, a time when we turn from those things that have caused us shame in the past, and we ask for God's forgiveness. And we are assured of reconciliation as well as forgiveness when we turn to the Lord in penitence and faith. So let's pray these words of confession together. O Lord of life, eternity cannot hold you, nor can our little words catch the magnificence of your kindness. Yet in the space of our small hearts, and in silence, you can come close and repair us. O Lord of life, grant us your forgiveness for our careless thoughts, for our thoughtless deeds, for our empty speech and the words with which we wounded. And now may Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins, confirm and strengthen us in all his eternal goodness, keeping us in his life everlasting. Amen. And now we come to our Bible reading, which continues our sermon series, God of Our Story. And today, Corinna is reading for us. The reading is taken from Genesis chapter 24, starting at verse 34. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has greatly blessed my master and he has become wealthy. He has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female slaves, camels and donkeys. And Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master when she was old, and he has given him all that he has. My master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I live. But you shall go to my father's house, to my kindred, and get a wife for my son. I came today to the spring and said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, if now you will only make successful the way I am going. I am standing here by the spring of water. 
let the young woman who comes out to draw, to whom I shall say, please give me a little water from your jar to drink, and who will say to me, drink, and I will draw for your camels also. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. Before I had finished speaking in my heart, there was Rebecca coming out with her water jar on her shoulder, and she went down to the spring and drew. I said to her, please let me drink. She quickly let down her jar from her shoulder and said, drink, and I will also water your camels. So I drank, and she also watered the camels. Then I asked her, Whose daughter are you? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bore to him. So I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her arms. Then I bowed my head and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord, the God of my master, Abraham, who had led me by the right way to obtain the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. Now then, if you will deal loyally and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, so that I may return either to the right hand or to the left. And they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? She said, I will. So they sent her away. So they sent away their sister Rebekah and her nurse, along with Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah, and they said to her, May you, our sister, become thousands of myriads. May your offspring gain possession of the gates of their foes. Then Rebekah and her maids rose up, mounted the camels, and followed the man. Thus the servant took Rebekah and went his way. Now Isaac had come from Beer Lahai Roy, and was settled in the, in the Negeb. Isaac went out in the evening to walk in the fields and looking up he saw camels coming and Rebekah looked up and when she saw Isaac she slipped quickly from the camel and said to the servant who is the man over there walking in the field to meet us the servant said it is my master so she took her veil and covered herself and the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her to his, mother's, to his mother Sarah's tent. He took Rebekah and she became his wife and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Thank you, Corinna, for that reading. And now our first hymn reminds us that we've been following God's leading, especially during the last 30 days of prayer. It's a hymn that also features on one of the other recent podcasts, Hymns of Praise. Lead us, Heavenly Father, lead us, is today sung by Claire and accompanied by Robert.
As I was taking my daughter to primary school this week, I noticed a sticker on the car in front. It said this, happiness is being a grandparent. All the joy of young children without the extended privilege of sleepless nights or teenage tantrums. But perhaps that sticker also conveys the sense of fulfilment associated with seeing the future of one's family. Well, our Bible reading for this week portrays a similar sentiment in Abraham as we see him longing for legacy and also taking steps to seek its fulfilment. We continue our sermon series, God of Our Story. And so let's set the scene. Many years have passed. Isaac is now 40 years old. Sarah, his mother, has died. Abraham is now well advanced in years, and he looks to ensure the certainty of his family's future. So he sends his chief servant on a special mission to find a wife for his son Isaac. On this chief servant, the future and prosperity of his master's family now depends. And what the servant does has been recorded in the Bible for us as an example of biblical faithfulness and discernment from which we can learn today. Perhaps you remember the 1960s TV series Mission Impossible or even the modern reboot starring Tom Cruise. Well, there are similarities with the mission given to the chief servant. Tension is maintained in the plot, and we don't find out if the plan succeeds towards the end. There is a personal conflict to resolve. And the mission is too big for one person alone. Outside help is required. I think Tom Cruise might have been very happy with the role. What the chief servant does can be condensed to three points, which is, of course, extremely helpful of the Bible writers to those of us who write sermons. But in the time of the chief servant and Isaac and Abraham, there is no speed dating, no online profile matches or Zoom dating How is this servant, an older man, going to engage with a younger generation to find the right girl for Isaac? It's an impossible mission. So the first thing he does, like Tom Cruise, is to seek outside help. This time from God. Verse 12 says this. Then he prayed, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, give me success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. He asks God to help him with human discernment, to see the right way ahead, God to work in tandem with human choice and give the right outcome. In his prayer, we also see humility, for it would have been so very easy for him as chief servant, a man of many years' experience, to rely on his own judgment. His prayer then is a statement that he is choosing to rely on God rather than his own experience for the way ahead. It's also a prayer of faith, spoken from a place of uncertainty concerning the future. And he prays it 
because although he has been given the task, he realises there is only one who is able to secure the best outcome, and that is God. Secondly, the chief servant lays aside his own agenda and priorities. This point is less clear from today's text, but can be inferred when we read more widely in Genesis. For the chief servant in our story has a name. He is probably Eliezer of Damascus, the chief servant who is mentioned in Genesis chapter 15 verse 2. Just before the arrival of the three visitors, we heard about a number of weeks ago in this sermon series. This is where Abraham prayed to God the following. What can you give me, God, since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit is Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, is going to become my heir? The implication is clear. Had Abraham not had a son, Eliezer would have inherited. And now the chief servant is asked to shore up Abraham's legacy and in doing so, to lay aside any claim he might have had to succeeding Abraham personally. And we see here another pattern in the Bible. Faithfulness comes before fruitfulness. How might God be speaking to us as a church today through Eliezer's example? It may mean we are asked to lay aside long-held views about what the church should look like and leave room for God to do something new post the COVID pandemic. And this is why we pray, Thy kingdom come, Lord, not my kingdom come. God's will be done, not our own. But back to our Bible reading. Thirdly, Eliezer takes a step ahead in faith. Sometimes it's right, after a period of prayer and discernment, to step ahead in faith. Once we have sifted our motivations of heart, offered the future to the Lord in humility and prayer like Eliezer did, and sought to align ourselves to the Lord's will, that's when we're in the right place from which to step ahead in faith. And once again this follows biblical precedent, such as Gideon, laying out a fleece in Judges 6, or the appointment of a new apostle to replace Judas in Acts chapter 1. So the chief servant takes a leap of faith by standing beside a wellspring. And he does that because he knows that's where the young women will arrive to collect their water for their families after the heat of the day has passed. And so he asks God to send along the right girl at the right time for Isaac. And whilst this mission may seem unusual to us so many years later, in the Middle Eastern culture of the time, arranged marriages were very common. But we also note from our biblical text that Rebecca exercises her own preference in the matter in verse 58. She says, I will go with them. It's an example of God working out his will in tandem with the free will he gave to us, his people. And the result of the chief servant's faithfulness and Rebecca's willingness 
is that Isaac marries Rebekah. And we see God's legacy of blessing extending into the future generations. Which is also what we're looking for. God's love extending to all generations within our benefice and beyond. The past 30 days have seen us praying for discernment for the future. At the beginning of a new incumbency. Like the chief servant, we've been following biblical precedent, seeking the Lord, asking for his guidance and help. And we know whatever situations of personal uncertainty or anxiety we might be facing, God is always there to help us, to guide us. Like Eliezer found, there may be things the Lord is asking us to lay aside. There will also be times when we're asked to take a step of faith, to be looking out for the wellsprings in our benefice. Where might they be, these new places to engage with the people in our community, to share the love of Christ? A modern theologian recently said, The church which comes out of lockdown will be digitally promising, physically smaller, more financially precarious, but more flexible and interesting. And that was following research which suggested that 24% of people in the UK say they've accessed worship via the web during lockdown, 5% of whom say they've never ever been to church. And that proportion grows to 34% among 18 to 24 year olds. Perhaps one spring of water, one well in our benefice is our growing online presence, which we can build on for the future. So let's continue to pray as God leads us forward, for we know that whatever the shape the future takes, however the difficult the mission may seem, God is with us. He answers our prayer and he is our place of faithfulness when we give our hope and trust to him. Amen. And we come to a time of prayer. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that this weekend marks the 72nd anniversary of the establishment of the NHS. We thank you for this wonderful organisation and all the staff who work for it, whether they be cleaners, porters, nurses, doctors or consultants. We thank you for their tireless care and endeavour, especially during the coronavirus pandemic. Lord Jesus, who healed the sick and gave new life, be with all the carers and health professionals as they act as agents of your healing touch. In desperate times, keep them strong yet loving, and when their work is done, be with them in their weariness and their tears. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, as lockdown continues to ease and we begin to reopen our churches for public worship, meet with those who need to feel your presence. And so we pray for the lonely, that they might find you, that you might be with them, leading them as we heard in today's hymn and Bible reading. Lord, help us to find the wellsprings in our benefice, that those who might feel lost or feel they need hope and be dissatisfied in the world 
might find their way to you and that you might be the beginning of the, a new chapter in their stories. We pray for the many joining church online services that they might find your love and your compassion this day. Lord, in your mercy. We lift up to you those dear to us who are struggling in body or mind at the moment and we think especially of John, Nicola, Jeff, Henry, Joan, Ronnie, John, Ken, Vera, Chris, Karen, Celia, Peter, Pauline, Clive, Peter and Valerie. And of course those known only to ourselves and to you, Lord. Lord, our thoughts and prayers also turn to those who've been recently bereaved, thinking of Colin, John and Anne. Be with them and comfort them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our ministry team, for Hilary, Sean, Warren, Anne, Sarah, Jan, our church wardens, Beth, Douglas and Tony, our PCC secretary, William, and David, our administrator, and all the dedicated volunteers who carry out so much work in the life of our churches. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And Lord, we pray for your wisdom, for your discernment, for the leading of your Holy Spirit as we've come to the end of our 30 days of prayer. Lead us to the wellsprings in our benefice. Send us out as your people to live and work to your praise and glory. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And we join together in the words that our Saviour taught us in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Now, as government restrictions continue to ease for all sorts of institutions, including places of worship, such as our own, I'll be meeting with the Church Council, the PCC, to consider how we begin to re-establish services of public worship. I know that's on the mind of many of you because you've written to me or called me about it. Some of you have written to me to say how much you're looking forward to meeting physically again. Whilst others remain very cautious about gathering physically and, and have said that they appreciate online worship continuing. As we look ahead, I'd like to proceed in a way that limits the risk to everyone's health, especially those in our number who may have underlying health concerns. And so that's what we'll be thinking about as a PCC and there'll be an update for everyone shortly after our meeting 
on the 13th of July. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening in today, for joining in this short podcast service. And thank you to those who've joined me in ministry, Robert, Claire, Corinna and Martin. Let's bow our heads for the blessing before Martin sings our final hymn. God, the Holy Trinity, make you strong in faith and love. Defend you on every side and guide you in truth and peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you and all those God calls you to love and care for this day and always. Amen. Martin now sings our final hymn, which is about us following the voice of our heavenly shepherd, the Lord's my shepherd. my shepherd I'll not want He makes me lie in pastures green He leads me by the still still waters His goodness restores my soul And I will trust I will trust I will trust in you And I will trust I will trust in you.